of June 4th. My name is Justin D. Hurd. My name is Nathan Steinman. Skyler Deal. And we're here to do a special 50th episode podcast. We've made it to 50. It took two and a half years, but we damn did it. Fuck yes. (laughs) Pure Uh, dedication. Not even joking. This thing is kept alive with uh, blood, sweat, and some other bodily fluids. Mostly booze, I'm sure. Except for Skyler. (laughs) (laughs) So today, what we're going to do for you is we're going to watch the movie Primer and record a commentary for it. Probably the most talked about movie that we've covered. It is probably the most mentioned of all films in the kind of lexicon of dubious consumerness. I'm trying to remember. I think Jeff um, actually watched the movie, like threatened us about what, like he was purchasing the movie. Yeah, I I I still don't understand the tweets. I was like, stop, stop purchasing it. Watch it for free on Netflix. You're good. <laughs> and then he gave us some tweets, and I still don't understand. Still. what. Like, I, I can't tell if he absolutely hated it or went. I, I don't know if you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, he keeps listening to the podcast, so I, I don't know. And, and he is my uh, first Patreon donor, so Woo-hoo! there is that. Yeah, the patron. That, that is true for dubious consumption. Not to be confused with... Uh, I, I, I don't consumers. think they're confused. I think if they're listening to podcasts, they're not confused. Well, for all future dubious consumption yes, listeners. For the people in the future who have gone back and are like, oh, I really like Primer. Let me listen to this weird commentary by strangers. Well, also the people <laughs> who have watched dubious consumption when I inevitably make it big. The, the ego is growing. <laughs> <laughs> you should see his head just grew three sizes today. <laughs> You're getting redder, Justin. <laughs> oh, that just makes me sexier. <laughs> um, so, Skyler, what's your history with Primer? Um, about 30 minutes of history. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I stopped watching after 30 minutes, not because I got bored, but because my baby had to have his diaper changed. And you just kind of... Forget about stuff you were doing previously when you have a screaming baby. I, I, I would imagine that sound pretty much takes all and other... I, I kind of thought the movie was going to be like three hours or something. I'm like... I, at the time, I was like, do I really... Do I have the moments in my life to dedicate to watch this movie with a baby in the house? But... One would hope so. I have time right now to watch it, so... <laughs> And I'm fresh at it. I'm a noob to primer. I'm excited. Let's get this going. Nathan? So I had actually seen this movie just before we started doing the podcast based off a YouTube video that I had, uh, that someone had recommended that it was the, one of those movies that people make maps and stuff about. Not even joking. So, uh, I, uh, had, uh, I found it. I watched it. We started doing the podcast, and so I ended up watching it again because we, we started talking about it so much. And uh, this last week, I have watched it twice. So this is this will be number three when we start this here in a second. So uh, Justin, do you want to do you want to tell them um, the, the the listeners who may or may not know your early obsession with this film? So this film actually came out in two thousand five. Um, it was done on a five thousand dollar budget. It was filmed in two thousand one. Filmed in two thousand one, but came out in two thousand five. I was working at Blockbuster then. It went straight to DVD, 
And when it came in, I started watching the movie. It took me until 2013, I think, to realize that it's only an hour and 17 minutes long. Which is hilarious because it's well, the, the the movie is so fucking jam packed full of stuff. Yeah. It is a dense film. It took me three times watching it just to know who to listen to whenever the movie was going on. Um, one of my favorite movies of showing this to all my friends. Like this is, if not my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies. I've seen it at least forty times. At least that's probably downplaying it because every person I meet, I'm like, have you seen Primer? If have you, you have you seen Primer? Um, have you heard the good word of Primer? Um, do you know the <laughs> Do you know the words of Shane Carruth? Have you been uh, clear headed every time you've watched? <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah. I don't think I don't think I could watch this otherwise. Uh, I, I think you under could. substances. Or yeah, I think at this point, you I could. I probably could, but I would notice things about it that I never noticed before. So oh, like um, this, this is, is a bad thing. <laughs> it's not. Um, Recently watching Fifth Element, I realized that every single scene in Fifth Element is a different genre, which is <laughs> amazing. But um, one of my favorite memories about this is showing this to one of my uh, really good girlfriends at the time who we watched the movie. And as soon as the credits started to roll, she turned to me and the first thing she said was, you didn't tell me I was going to have to think. <laughs> Wow. Y- yes. I think we've talked about this story a couple times on the Probably, podcast. but this is for people who have not heard this of... This is for the commentary listeners. Yeah. It's, it's the anniversary episode, in a way, even yeah. though it's not really an anniversary. <laughs> it's, it's, it's we it's made it to 50. thing, I, I believe. Yes, yes. So, we um, did what some broadcasters do in two months. We're in a couple months. We did in two and a half years. We yeah. did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, quick question. Uh, did this movie like build up its cult following right away, or did it take well, it w- several got a years? Prize at Sundance mm-hmm. and got released because of that. Yes, and then it has just been a slow burn for it. Some people found it early. Some people, like me, we found it later. So, but the pro the issue is is Shane Carruth has at this point only made two features. Um, he he was the reason, like one of the reasons I was super hyped about Looper with Ryan, Ryan Johnson's Looper, is because Shane Carruth worked on it as or as like the the consultant, a consultant, and helped build the time machine used in that movie. I still need to see Looper, but it's one. Um, it wasn't as good as I hoped. Having two of my favorite directors working together. Yeah, he's. <sighs> Yeah, it's not it's not as bad as you want to put it in your head. You just were too hyped. That's the problem. I need to rewatch it. I, <laughs> I, I actually own it on Voodoo and just bought the Blu-ray so I can show my girlfriend it. So Well now you have a reason to watch it. And, oh and I, you'll be fresh off rewatching Primer. So. Oh, we're we're working our way through uh the Ryan cat- Johnson's Uvra. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the catalog. Which yeah. also a director who doesn't have very many films. No, but is now fucking doing Star Wars on his fourth film. Yeah. Like, seriously? Yeah, good luck, dude. <laughs> oh, he's well, got it. There's I mean, James Gunn had only made two features himself. Well, I mean... He'd t- written other films, I was gonna, there's yeah. only two features he directed. I thought he... Um, wasn't he involved in Tromeo and Juliet? He wrote the script. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did notice he has an over-reliance on um, dancing. He likes dancing. Cause he's a dancer. Both Scooby-Doo, uh, Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 both have dance sequences. And as do... Both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. 
<laughs> As just a brief aside, I saw some movement out the corner of my eye thinking that it was my four-year-old son. No, it was my cat. <laughs> he got distracted. So, um, everybody ready to jump into this? I think yes. so. Okay, well, we're going to... Um, everybody get the movie queued up. I would like to say on Netflix, but apparently it's only available until June 7th. So, um, you're going to have to find it some other way. So you, you can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon for three ninety nine. I think so. So um, I think that's the HD is the three ninety nine. Which of course you need to watch this five thousand dollar budget movie. <laughs> that's blown up from a sixty sixteen millimeter print on uh, a four K TV in high def. Yeah, totally. So here we go, guys. In three, two, one. Logo. The double P. Now we're off. So the main thing that's about this movie to me is that it reminds me of my father and a guy he worked with at Tinker who were working on rocket fuel because the local rocketry club was building a rocket that they could not buy commercial rocket fuel for and had to design the engine and make the rocket fuel for it. Nice. And I, the first time I saw the TV version of the fly was while they were working on the rocket fuel. <laughs> nice. So, so the opening of this is them kind of showing them in a garage, them working on different circuitry while a person is an unknown person is speaking on a um, voicemail. Yes. Well, it may also be someone listening to, like, someone picked up the phone. It's unclear whether someone picked up the phone or it's on a voicemail. There's right. no beep before it. But they are. it's just them talking about how they may have been clever. You know, there's good days and bad days. There's the Weevil. And they're all engineers, right? Yeah. Working in their garage. Yeah. Why are they all wearing shirts and ties? So that is a, uh, a Shane Carruth had an obsession with what would a six-year-old think was cool about having your own business. And it was having a logo, wearing a tie, and working <laughs> in your garage. <laughs> all cool things about owning your own business. Now, notice the amoeba pun for uh, the name of the business. Amoeba. Uh, e e M I B A. First so, Tesla coil joke of the film. Right. One of my things about this is that this opening scene, um, it's the it's the thing I love about this movie is that everybody is competent. They do not slow down to explain to you what they're talking about. They just jump right in it. You have multiple people talking over each other, and you have no idea who you should be listening to. At least for the first few times you see the movie. And the two guys who are not Abe and Aaron, Abe and Aaron are in the white shirts, the guys in the brown and blue shirts, they were both either working on the production as camera assistants and had never been actors before and had no interest in acting. But Shane Carruth convinced them because he actually wasn't even going to act in this movie, but he realized after casting, he had most of the dialogue memorized. So essentially, um, the producers... In a way, but yeah. Um, one of my favorite things also about showing people this movie and trying to convince them to watch, you show them this first scene, and as soon as it ends, you go, "What happened?" They go, "I don't know." 
but it was something cool. And uh, they were denoting its crime with Christmas tree. So main thing is that at first, so they've been on different projects. Every two or three switching off whose ideas are the, what they're working on. And they're trying to decide whose idea is next. I like that they got a refrigerator for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is Shane Carruth's parents' house. Now, notice all of the great in-focus camera shot right here. Oh, yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> so in the Shane Carruth commentary that I watched, he talked more about the kind of working on different types of film stocks just to try and figure out what he could use that would work. And apparently a bunch of this movie is shot on tungsten film, which for film nerds, they might mean something more than it does to me, who's still kind of a novice at photography yeah i have no idea the only uh, bit of lore i know about the camera um stock was that he literally the reason the movie is only an hour and 17 minutes long is because he had no idea that he needed to do b-roll footage and so he just recorded as long as the dialogue was going and then stopped immediately yeah there's actually scenes he said that they didn't leave enough of a of a dead space before or after scenes. There are scenes where you can see him saying cut under his breath. <laughs> he points it out a couple times in the mo- in the commentary. Nice. So this is where you really see them like really start to get into the jargon. So they're, there's a superconductor project that they're trying to figure out how to, instead of it being at absolute zero, they're trying to get it to room temperature. It's just rap. It's like a Rubman film, you know, but scientists. Right. And it does have that documentary feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. So is Pri- Primer the all the president's men of uh, time travel mission movies? I don't know. There, there's, there's almost not enough like hardcore interviews. <laughs> yeah. So, I love that they're, you know, just messing around and they're in ties. Right. This, this is the continued wearing of ties. I think there's only like two or three ties that they keep trading back and forth, so it doesn't <laughs> look like they're wearing the same ties. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, ties to the side. Yep. Yep. Actually, the ties tucked in a shirt. So this is the interesting thing is like how people who are tinkerers uh, will just use whatever they have and will basically steal from themselves to, right. to make their projects happen. Well, I also like the point he just made there about how one of the guys is more of a NASA scientist where, oh no, we need to have a pen instead of a pencil. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, he said that one of the main things that was an inspiration for this movie was reading about how real innovation happens and how 
uh, you just walk, trip into it. Well, lots of times it's a side effect. It's not right. what you were trying to get. It's the accident, you know. I was there's that joke in Silicon Valley about uh, there's the catalytic converter. Yes, your emissions yeah. went up three hundred percent. But yeah, in Silicon Valley, it's the um, chat roulette became a playground for the sexually monstrous. That checks out. I love that they're about to just steal the copper from a refrigerator in an apartment because. <laughs> You know, you should use you should steal from the refrigerator you're actively using. Well, right and it's now. a guy that's not even yeah, any other part of the story. <laughs> no. He's just sitting in the foreground there, just like really, okay. So this shop that they're at, and the guy is the actual metal worker who agreed to do all the metal work nice. for the movie. So, and apparently Shane Carruth designed. The box and everything himself. Well, isn't he a former NASA scientist? No, no. He worked, uh, he was a math major and he was kind of a, he became an engineer and then he taught himself how to do film. Okay. Okay. Um, where are they? Like Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas? Yes. The whole movie was shot in Dallas, Texas. Hmm. You probably should have been wearing now, goggles. This really reminds me of that moment. Uh, you know, my father and his br- his friend Mike messing around with toxic chemicals, <laughs> trying to make explosives in this guy's house. Walk in the door. Hey, you should probably put on a mask. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that should have been on the door, <laughs> on the other side of the door. Nah, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to walk so, in here, right? This is the last moment we will see all four of them together. Don't the other two get locked out of the garage? But you don't you see you see just Abe or you see just Aaron. You oh. never see Abe and Aaron with all four of them together, if I remember right. And it's a real good like what a what a great status quo to set up. I mean, it's not very long, but it sets up the whole world. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing menacing from this. Yeah. Honestly, he didn't need the extra establishing shots. Yeah. I mean, it, it just would have been have probably for him it would have been nice to have stuff to cut to. Right. So the one thing he did talk about in the two years it took him to do post-production was a year later they were doing a lot of the audio. <laughs> oh, uh, so I watched a, f- a fan video analysis as well. And so uh, so later in the film when they're having trouble writing, yeah, one of the film, one of the uh, nice little theories is that because both of them put their hands in the machine, their oh. hands are out of sync with time slightly. Oh, because, yeah. And, like, I was like, that's a great fan theory. And then Shane Carruth totally blows that out of the water. <laughs> but it's one of those times that I'll be like, okay, yeah, fan theory's better than what the author said. You know, I, I don't know. I, so was that part of their budget right there? Was the, well, That's that, the only special effects shot in the entire it, film. It is? Okay. He made And he made it. He made that in the computer. And uh, they actually did that in camera because he made the special effect and then they showed it on the camcorder as they shot. Nice. So it's not a burn in or anything. <laughs> How much did that cost? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put my camcorder. <laughs> I kind of like the ambience. It's kind of Eno ish, you know, Brian Eno. Then there's the Weeble again. 
So apparently Shankruth had a hard time actually finding weevils. Really? Because it's like a kinder egg. He said he ended up having to like buy a whole like a couple like a set basically uh, to yeah, find like, he couldn't just that. find weevils by themselves at the time. Yeah, I'm digging this soundtrack already. So, uh, Shane Kruth actually composed all the music. It sounds like uh, music for airports, yeah. Ambient Volume 1 by Brian Eno. I can see that, yeah. But I that's, that's I also why this movie took two years, is because he did everything. Right. And I just love these uh, these two guys. Like, Obviously, Shane Kruth is awesome, but... Do you know the name of the other actor? I will look it up while we're talking because I forgot to write it down. I meant to write all the cast down. And yeah, everything they're doing does not look safe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Sullivan is Abe. Yeah, they do just an awesome job with this. Like, yeah. you you believe everything that happens in this. So, apparently one of the ways their film-saving techniques was to rehearse all the scenes several times before they ever shot. And the whole movie was storyboarded. Oh, interesting. Okay. But on 35-millimeter print film. That's... Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the... Okay, I didn't do that. Oh, oh, I love this uh, reveal. Oh, this isn't the reveal. I know it's not, yeah. but I love when the yeah. reveal happens on yeah. this. I just remembered it. It's been so long since I've watched this movie. Well, you've watched a lot of movies since last time. Oh, yeah. So, this is my fan theory. Uh, so, this first time that we see him on the floor, the, in my head, the second time I was watching it, I was like, Wait, is this a different Abe? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, but it's, it's, it doesn't match the timeline at all. It doesn't. But the fact that the way he wakes up and the way it's edited makes me think of some of the later sequences in the movie. It does. It definitely does. Um, well, he just they, fell they out of his bed, I guess. Well, no, they would have gone back. But back. this is but this is before he's turned on the failsafe. Okay. Yeah. Because this is them discovering. My question always with it, the only thing I never understood was whether or not if you could start the first box and let it run out, then put it with the extra time on there to be able to go back past the failsafe. Yeah. The way that the loop works, it doesn't. Whenever you turn the machine on, is right. What is, I'm saying, to me, it makes sense that you'd be able to build up the extra time by keeping it going and putting it in the first box, like having the failsafe going, and have one that's built up the time you put it in there. Yeah, but it has to have the argon in it. Well, this this is a great moment here. The on the way. <laughs> or we can get a steak afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. So apparently this is all natural light too. This was 
It's more than stable. You don't even know the half of it yet, Abe. Oh, yeah, this is this is the reveal you were yes. getting excited about. What you do is gradually feed it. And apparently he made all that sound out of two different organic sounds. So it's not a digital sound that he's making. Nice. Is that kind of like the... Well, is it the... Is one's like, like a the, metal grinder and one's something else. Oh, that, he did that, that with the same with the box too. He like when the box turns on. Oh, that that was my question. Was you said organic sound? I was thinking more like you know the cathode ray from a tube and the uh, two different. Yeah, yeah, things. but he yeah he he kind of yeah. like combined different sounds to get some of these. A very unusual. Star Wars approach. Yeah. Well, because he just said he didn't want it to be sound like a digital effect. Right, right. Sound like a natural sound. Okay, so answer this for me. Their original goal for what they're making right now, what was it? Uh, to create a superconductor that you could m- mess with at room temperature, basically. And they're talking about patents, so they're trying to do this, patent it, sell it. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're trying to make a, a, a improve on a technology by making it, instead of having to be absolute zero and can't be touched, you know, while it's into being something you can manipulate at room temperature. Yeah. <laughs> something weirder. Just for fun. Just for fun. Oh, I forgot. So, yeah, the amoeba uh, tagline for the company is building the device that's missing most. There you go. Yeah, and uh, they really, uh, they really follow the tag line through. Uh, Twelve volts. Yeah. Yeah, 12 volts. And yet again, and here coming up, you'll you'll see him mouth the the word cut. <laughs> cut. He just <laughs> Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> He said apparently this scene he kept screwing up and they wasted more footage on any moment in the film. This dialogue right here under the light. (laughs) It's the most reshot scene in the whole thing. So the interesting thing is, is you don't know the whole time if you're supposed to trust the narrator or not. Right. And it becomes increasingly... More likely, you're not supposed to. Oh, yeah, the ending shot there definitely. You should not be trusting yeah. the narrator. Sounds like a Dilbert convention or something. <laughs> hey, it's what's cool to a six-year-old. Yeah, because totally, when I was six years old, I thought guys in suits and ties. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> oh, I'm sure if or I shut, I'm sure if I showed this to Graham right now, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, like I have no idea what's going on." But well, and that's the introduction shot of Rachel right there. Okay, so there is a shot with all four of them together. I did forget about this one. Fail. 
Yeah. I've already lied. I'm also an unreliable narrator. Yeah, what apparently. the what the fuck, Nathan? <laughs> so it's it's Christmas time in Dallas, Texas. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not all bundled up. Well, oh well, that 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 doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> Texas, so it's like Oklahoma. It can be seventy degrees on Christmas Day. <laughs> can be ninety degrees on New Year's Day. Oh, and the light. here it is. Now we have officially entered the insanity, the, f- <laughs> the film proper, the the, the break the, in the status quo has happened. The rest of it was introduction. That's what, like 15 minutes of the movie, I think. And so start paying attention to... Yes, small details. Everything that's happening. The ties. The hair earbuds. The notebooks. See, I wasn't going to mention the earbud. I mean, they mentioned it in the dialogue. The Cortex Semi. <laughs> what an I only have part of a Cortex. <laughs> the most important thing. Any, any living organism, organism ever seen. <laughs> so this is fascinating that it's it's a very small detail that if you're not very technically obsessed you could kind of forget not notice well the the weird thing is is how did abe do all this whenever it's Aaron and figure all this stuff out whenever it's Aaron's garage. That's also what <laughs> is this the first Abe? Really? Is it? Is it the first Abe? Well, it's definitely not the first Aaron. Yeah. Because Aaron so, up until this point has okay. not been wearing the earpiece. So they could not. <laughs> so this guy's just the professor. And they, this is the actual clean room, and they couldn't shoot inside it, so shooting inside a window. Nice. <laughs> and they did the audio in ADR. his office. Yeah. In the office, like, afterwards. Nice. <laughs> Protein buildup. I'm just going to start texting you <laughs> randomly. Protein buildup. So this guy was like an actual grad student uh, and uh, who agreed to be in the movie. I was going to say, if nothing else, there's definitely a diverse representation in here. Such such a great shot. I I'm mean, not even look, joking. Look at the depth of field on that. Um, is the weird screen tearing have anything to do with anything or is that just the... Uh, it, it's literally the way that college... <laughs> As that area of, it could mean something. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. It's probably just the yeah. film stock and the way the camera was set <laughs> I'm up. I'm thinking too much about that right now. It's okay. This movie is ripe 
ripe for analysis. Well, you, you built it up as like. Oh, believe me. All right. All yeah. Right. We're just building to it now. It is, it is a joke. A joke. <laughs> <laughs> Protein buildup. Like, he has to take them into this closet. Like, it has to be secret. I will show you things I have never seen before. <laughs> I, I, I actually like that, that he's like, what can we do with that? Right. Like, what can we do with A long time. Yes. And there's their first reveal. I want you to do it. <laughs> I'm thinking of all the variables. So the interesting thing is, is the word prime in math. Obviously, prime numbers are important. But the big thing is, it's a symbol used to distinguish one quantity from another. So the symbol prime looks like kind of like an asterisk. So you get like x prime, x1, x2, x3, all the different variables. Now in the poster, the I love uh, real quick. I just love that he's trying to do the calculations and yeah. freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So yeah. as you're saying, yeah. prime. But on the poster, prime is solid, and the letter R is not only not filled in all the way. There are multiple R's. Nice. Yeah. It's so like a, a weird tension building up. That is surprising. Oh. Well, it's it's the the um, the uh, the camera work the is close getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you can tell they didn't have the right lens to do the. They're doing their best, you know. I love this explanation. I know. Talk about good exposition. Not even joking. Like this is how I explain to people how the movie works. <laughs> so so it should come out on the B end, but it doesn't. It, it curves all the way back right. around and goes back to the A. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I actually pull it out on a piece of paper like they're doing now and show them how it <laughs> bounces back and forth. Okay, what's uh, Shane Cruz character's name? Aaron. Aaron. I think he's already freaking out without showing it, like yeah. saying it. He he's. I can I can tell that he's putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. And there it is. Now, there is also a lot of basketball shots in this movie. <laughs> I, I can think of a couple, yeah. Actually, coming up, I think, is the Michael Bay shot of the movie. 
Oh, the the spin, the spin shot, <laughs> the full what about the Tommy Wiseau shot. Uh, no, it is definitely the. This is definitely a Michael <laughs> Bay shot coming up here. <laughs> There's no football in, in an alley <laughs> shot. No. Oh. No. No. Yeah, we can. <laughs> exactly. That's the most Texas accent he has in the whole movie. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. There it is. (laughs) 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 I'm not even fucking joking. I know. It is. That is beautiful. I know. In this whole movie, there is nothing like that moment. But it's just like this full spin. Almost. It's so great. Parallax moving. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so fucking good. I I I would never have noticed that if not for... um, For every frame of painting. Actually, Shane points it out in the uh, comments. Really? He nice. doesn't call it the Michael Bay thing. He talks about how complicated it was to do the shot <laughs> with the dolly. But he's like, it's the most visual flourish in the whole film. So, Skylar, oh, oh, here's this is the moment that will that will sell or break most people in the movie. Okay, all right, coming up. I was gonna ask him the question now. I mean, we've mentioned it, but do you know what's going on? Yeah, yeah, some serious Um. Oh. Have you understand their term- terminology and what the fuck's happening? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm following it. Yeah. I haven't talked a lot. I love I the, the like some place somewhere they could go climate control. <laughs> 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 Apparently, he just like he emailed corporate. Oh. They said yes, nice. But he went to this U-Haul, and they had didn't like have the information. I love but they this, let I him love do this it move, in. though. Though, yeah. Like the move in front of him, just like yeah. okay, cool. This is my moment. Changing tone. Wait a minute. He doesn't have the headset. I know. I know. He's had it through the rest of this, though. No, he hasn't. Not in every scene. Most of the scenes, though. Most of the scenes. Not all. The first continuity like, error. It is not a continuity error. So is this the original timeline? Yes. This is the only time we see <laughs> the original timeline. Okay. Who was that, Abe? <laughs> it was Abe. The Abe. <laughs> that was me, Aaron. I am Abe. <laughs> Did I tell you I had a twin brother? <laughs> I am my own twin. So that's Shane Carruth's feet, so that they can get Abe in the shot here in one take. <laughs> so it's not like a merch shot or anything. Nice. So I've wondered, do this, the boxes in the poster, but there's four boxes on the poster. Do they represent, there's four yellow boxes. Do they represent the uh, the boxes themselves or do they represent the timelines? 
And this I, is I the never first actually put that together that those would be the boxes. Yeah, I'm wondering, are they the boxes or are they the timelines? No, there's way more than four timelines. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, four. and But, yeah, four boxes would make sense. I think that's how many there are. Because there's two boxes there and then the other two boxes. And we're just enjoying this nice Dallas traffic. Mm. <laughs> the uh, almost sepia tone you color the, of the movies. What did you do the first time through? I love this moment. This question that he asks is... You can tell it's the original timeline. <laughs> Probably so. What a mundane way to like... Not even joking. He's so stuck up his own job. So here's the thing. That's the original cover. Oh, this is the original cover? It is Abe and Aaron standing on opposite sides of the original box with numbers coming off of it. Yeah. Well, this is the one that's on the website. And that's the one that's on Netflix. Yeah. And that one's been on the website. I think that's the poster from Sundance. If I remember correctly. So one of the interesting things about this movie is that we've now established that it's a time machine. Yes. They never utter the words time machine in the entirety of this film. Or, or time travel. Exactly. It they is don't all, even say timeline. Nothing. It, it, is yeah. a, it is a base concept that they're talking yeah. about from now on. Yeah. Well, it's like it's such a mundane way of approaching time travel, but it's also like you could totally see... Well, like, that, if the, you were just stumbled upon it. And that's the thing I like about You don't this. have any proof yet. This is also the first shot of an airport in the movie. Well, that'll come back. <laughs> Duh. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently these ties that they used were literally the only things holding the boxes together nice. <laughs> at a certain point of filming. <laughs> How many times has his partner done this before he shows it to... Uh... According to Abe, once. According he says it leaks every time. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why every time you see that this is a... So it's like, how many times has he done this before? So this is a part that you specifically need to pay attention to. Yes. Is that, he, you know, he says it completely warmed up. And There's a 15-minute window. Right. So we haven't got to the, the big point that I love to point out to people. Taking yourself out of the world. Take yourself out of the equation. 
Ah. <laughs> uh. This is why it's the perfect time travel movie. We're dealing with causality. They're just like we're we're, I I, I just I can't risk anything. We're not doing grandfather paradox. <laughs> what did you here. do all day? <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. the games. Fucking scrabble. I love that they're doing the thing like kids do in elementary school where they trade stuff at lunch. That's it's so like, good. What a <laughs> oh. Completely no dialogue. Evacipate. Fuck you. Apparently, the medical, which the medical supply company just let them use those. Well, and the the thing also there is using the stock hey, market. So, evacipate means to undo the consequences of your actions by changing the original circumstances. Nice. To that erase is your own history. That is fucking perfect for this movie. <laughs> I like still fuck Fictitious you. Fictitious word created by Shane Carruth. Really? Yep. Fuck you, Shane Carruth. <laughs> he created a term specifically for the movie. Okay, this shot coming up right here, the rules of causality. So that that and, and that's that's this is the thing that I want you to pay attention to. We're generally screwing up your your life up. Don't don't disturb the box. Don't screw up. <laughs> male impotence because of it like that's what he's worried about is my dick won't work <laughs> I mean it's a pretty important thing to worry about right Skylar <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 how's it going over there Skylar are you getting lost in the movie no this is interesting but I don't trust his uh, blonde haired partner guy so and I don't know his name I, I didn't Abe Abe okay Abe and Aaron Abe, Abe and, and Aaron so, so here's the thing that I find so interesting about this. The, what's coming up here is that they're they're showing flashes of it. He sets a specific time. Now, there's also a visual reference to the other to a scene <laughs> later in the movie with that shot too. Right. So basically, what's happening right now is that technically, Abe is explaining to Aaron how it feels to run through it. But what we're seeing is them inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's the <laughs> light filling the frame again. Yeah. The most, most content, content I've, I've ever been. been. Outside of time. So here's the thing. Pay attention to this. And this is actually intrinsic to the entire plot of the movie. Yes. Is that if you watch, Abe says that he, he felt like it was safe to get out, but he waited and trusted the math. Yes. And we see him get out first. And he feels, okay, he's good to go. He's checking his, ma his time. He's kind of checking on. He's checking on the Aaron's box. Right. Making sure everything's still running. Yeah. And Aaron had different time. <laughs> Well, they were they were off by a few seconds. So here's the thing: is he's watching it. Watch what happens whenever Aaron comes out. So, and the Aaron has completely had his body racked by this. 
You got out too soon. He got out too soon. If you paid attention to the way that the time travel was um, explained, they're going back and forth between the AB loop. Aaron got out to. He got out whenever the box felt like it was safe to get out. Yeah. He didn't trust the math and he came out beforehand, which has completely destroyed his body. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is the best character building moment of this entire film. Well, it also shows like who who is detail oriented, who is paying attention, right. who is doing what, you know. Oh, Abe's been shown that throughout. I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, but it's that, that, perfectly that's, consistent with that, character. That, yeah, that that is the perfect. And then that's the other thing: one-time use only. Remember that. Yeah. God, I fucking love this movie. Nah, this shot, I love this shot. So apparently, all of the hood shots, the a guy built a rig. And nice. they were they're like it never damaged a single vehicle. They were really impressed. <laughs> they were really worried about it doing it, but so also look at the fact like start paying attention to when they are in the apartment versus when they're in the hotel room. How the fuck aren't they caught for insider trading? Because they're out, they're completely outsiders. Some people play the market with luck, so it could look just like luck as long as they don't buy too much. Well, that's why they're doing a mid-share cap. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Do I think it's too cautious? This is my first day. That will also become important. So one of the things about this, even though this movie was made in 2001, you'll notice that some of the props don't necessarily come from the 2001 era. Some of them come from the early 90s, mid 90s. I used to have actually a computer exactly like the one they just had. Is it supposed to take place in the early 2000s? Though it's kind of supposed to take place in a in a. It's unspecified time. Yeah, it's kind of whenever because I mean the only thing that gave has given anything away so far is that computer and well, that's cell what phones. I noticed. I'm just like wondering. I mean, when. the thing is, is it came out in 2005, so I think it was actually four. Well, well unless you know your cars, yeah. you can probably look at the cars and see what years. Or I think are. 2004 is when it was shown at Sundance. Right. Right. Yeah. So also pay attention. To how Aaron talks in the scene, it's very important. It really reveals a lot about where he's at as a person. Well, it's also the turning point of the movie. Yeah. Why does it matter? It's a hypothetical. so pure so like that's the thing is like what's the morality of the t- people in the scene so you have the wife who's like who's like says she will do something like great and then you have Aaron who goes into this monologue <laughs> I 
sexy. Now here's also. Uh, See, breaking the causal loop. He's already talking about breaking causality. Right. And you are right. It released October 8th, 2004. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, she's already mentioned the rat or something in the ceiling. In right. The ceiling. There it is. Birds. They don't sound like birds. Yeah, been spoken. See? Breaking causality. And I love how they're talking around it, but... Like, they don't want to, like, call it... They don't want to call it what it is. Yep. And this is the other thing, like, this movie really explores not just, like, discovery and innovation, but also, like, deception. Well, and, and that's but the thing is that I find interesting that there's no real world application for this. I, th- I mean, there is, but it's like they're so obsessed with it that they have to keep it to themselves because they're afraid of something, you know. It has to work its a- itself out somehow. Yeah. So when they decide to travel and they want to go back, are they can they go back specifically to where they want to go based off of math? No, only based on how long the box has been on. Okay, so to go back several years, they'd have the to leave everything charged for... Several years. No, it, but it would also only go back to, to the point, point that, that you they turned started on. The box. on. Hmm. Bunch of whiners. See, and that's the other thing. They, they really get like the sense of like people who are very like educated and privileged have never had to really they've never really struggled you know their struggle has only been in making stuff in inventing things you know that's their struggle bunch of whiners it's such a did that show gas prices I wasn't paying attention oh, I, I, no, no, I no. don't think it did kind of judge a time period on the gas prices. Yeah, I think that's why they didn't show the gas prices. <laughs> Very clever. So it's and like I love that t- that discussion right there is they're still talking over each other, interrupting each other, going... Yeah. Well, and also, like, I'm not going to tell my wife about it. There's no way that I would tell my wife about it. Wouldn't there be a point where you would you have to tell your wife You don't understand the questions that come with that. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> Have like, they already gambled and got money by now? The, yes. Yes. And there's no, t- they're not, it's not specific on how many times they've already done their tri- time traveling. Right? This is the second time. According I mean, I, to. As a group, but not for Abe, maybe. Not for Abe, obviously, because yeah. he had done it that first time. But yeah. you can't even tell that it's their second time unless Shane Carruth had quantified that because there, it definitely has the feel of time passing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the also the effects of montage. Well, but and also the uh, <laughs> that was so douchey. <laughs> the effects. Of you montage. love me. Uh, but also, it almost feels like it takes place over a week. 
once it gets to this point. Once they start using the machine. So they're only time traveling back a day or two. They're no, only time traveling six, six, six hours. Yeah, it's, oh, it's time traveling within the same day. The normal version of them is going to work. Yeah. The their time traveling versions are going and playing the stock market. Basically, they go, they start up the box, they go to work, and they call. At the end of the day, they call their mid cap manager. At the end of the day, they go in and jump in the box and then jump back six hours. Except right now, they're going to the hotel. They're not going to work. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they go to the hotel because they have to take themselves out of the equation every time. There's another image of the whole, the tide coming in and out. You never see a shot of it. So here's this thing. This is a very important detail for the entire. This is almost the midpoint of the movie. What's on your hand? So this is the most negative effects we've seen from the entire journey so far so far <laughs> now why is Aaron having this happen and not Abe that's the question you should be asking yourself I still love that laptop <laughs> um, why were the boxes uh, facing opposite ways if Aaron came out one end Abe came out the other end why wouldn't they both come out the same end facing each other because they were they just they how they did it yeah that's the, where they put the doors or is it like a I, I'm thinking the other idea is that if they both come they're both supposed to trust the math and come out at the same time they just run into each other yeah Hero. And here we go. So he just talked about beating up his boss, and then this happens. Is I mean that's such probably, a hateful guy. Sometimes. I, I was gonna say that's probably the most problematic line like, in, the in, the, in the entire fucking. She thing. brings the things in herself. She's practically asking for it. Yeah. God. Yeah. What a douchey line. So he hadn't traveled back in time the first time he punched Rachel's ex-boyfriend. But that's not accurate. Yeah. May or may not be. We don't know what Aaron was seeing right now. Are you talking now. about a separate event or yes. was that when they were all having a barbecue? No, this is a separate event. The barbecue's back at Christmas. This is okay. months later. This is like summertime. Or springtime. Springtime, you say? Yeah, it's supposed to be springtime. They're wearing jackets in the evening and springtime. Well, it's late night. <laughs> and they're looking for a lost cat. 
the lost cat that never shows back up. <laughs> that they never mention again. Yeah. Oh, there's the football. Yes. There you go, Tommy Wiseau. Yep. And this is the whip pan. This is they this is not a edit. Like that's the guy was doing this in camera. I love this point right Was here. it an accident or was it not? So this is like continuing to be the crux. This is like details that are being, how much are you paying attention? Abe hasn't forgot a single time. Right. What would make you forget something like that? Was he testing the causal loop or did he actually forget Yep. So well, they, the keep, they keep time traveling, but you said months later when you were shown me, pointing out that one scene with the cat. But I thought earlier you said they were just doing six hours of the same. No, day no, 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 no. Like the when they develop the machine to when they find out it causes time travel is months. Hmm. Yet again, specificity. I love how like the minutia there. Yeah. Now notice how Aaron reacts to this coming up. Notice how they always talk about not watching the news. And then Yep. Not supposed to pay. Not supposed to expose yourself to anything, but they watch this. The at least the end of this game. I've eaten since later this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, the pizza guy wasn't even supposed to say anything. But he did. Nice. He just came out of there when they were filming. Did he? Did he forget? That's the question. See, Terry, Protein buildup. <laughs> so there it is. You son of a bitch. Apparently, Shinkaruth called around all the different cell phone companies, and none of them gave him a straight answer about how their networks would work in that situation. So that's what he went with. So yeah. So Abe is supposedly getting woken up by a kid starting far starting car <laughs> alarms. What a dick. <laughs> this is such a great shot here. 
36. <laughs> <laughs> what is it on uh, Men in Black, the Carillion Day? 37 hour days or something? Now Abe is on board. Right, right. This is very different for Abe. I think it's him trying to kind of quelch the... The desire to break the loop. Right. And deception. How many times has he done this? How many times have they gone back? The machine's running longer. Are we doing this experiment or are you doing this for me? Yep. Center of the box. Well, which one's the real Abe and Aaron? How many different Abes and Aarons are there? Right. There's <laughs> the pile of dead bodies. <laughs> I mean, I liked how they did. That'd it. be a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> I, I liked how they the did it in um, the um, what's that? Wi- um, magic movie with what's his name? Presti- the Prestige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that <laughs> I love how he's like the magic movie. With <laughs> what's his face? And you came up with the answer. Yeah, because <laughs> you knew what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the guy who they were going to pitch the machine to before they knew it did the time travel stuff. Granger. Yes. Who is Rachel's father? Right. I did. <laughs> Strangely, Aaron is not that weird. Weirded out by the fact that Granger's all of a sudden following them. Right. Have they run through this before? Are they running through this again? Right. Well, it's new to him because it's not the same Abe that he did it with. But you, we don't know that. <laughs> That's what's great about this movie. <laughs> you can map out this whole movie and, and, and come up with a cohesive timeline, but it doesn't have all the details. So he's talking to Mr. Granger on the phone when Mr. Granger's right in the car. Right. <clears throat> come here. <laughs> that yeah, I'm sure that really gets down. people to come near me when I say that. Come here. Well, and here's the twist on it. Did he? Did he slip? I mean, technically you can ask that question through the entirety of this movie. Did he? Yeah. Did he do that? <clears throat> I think that's actually the best part. <laughs> I slipped over ways. his uh, dead body. <laughs> How many do you think I made? That's the question. 
dick move. So this is where they start figuring out who told Thomas Granger. So we know, we know that Rachel has a crazy ex-boyfriend who brought a shotgun to a party. Mm-hmm. Right. So which timeline would it have to be that Rachel got killed that Tom had to come back on? That one of them would have told her. I mean, they show Rachel them. once, but they talk about her all the time. Like yeah. she's a main Well, and she shows up two or three times in the movie, mm-hmm. but she's not a big role, but she's kind of a focal point. The permutations are endless. <laughs> you said you did not know who the narrator was? Right? What? The narrator is somebody from the future who uh, probably used the machine as well. Maybe. That's not the question. It's like, what details? How can I make it different? How can I change it? <laughs> Need to make an acid bath real quick. <laughs> So, I think if he shows the display, we know how long this box has been on. How many days? Three days. This has been going on for almost four days. So, the failsafe was only on for three and a half, or almost four days. Yep. That's how long this entire thing has happened. Now, when I first saw this movie, I thought that he was doing this to Thomas Granger because I misinterpreted the scenes. But that's actually Abe. Yes. So. Boom. Struggle. This is kind of like the darkest image in the whole movie. <laughs> So imagine having to knock yourself unconscious. Imagine how that would feel. You know? What a moment. And I think we've seen this shot before. I have no idea what you're talking about. How many times has this happened? See, that's what's freaky about the failsafe. How many times has he already used the failsafe? To go right back to the beginning. To go right back to the beginning. And see how he can tweak it so it doesn't fuck up this time. Yep. 
Okay, I get that. I get it. Different tie. No notebook. Maybe at this point he just he just doesn't care. Wait. And symmetry is completely broken. Wait, what? And collapse. I love how he actingly throws that down. <laughs> Such an acting moment to throw it down like that. But yeah. <laughs> so, Scott, what are you thinking right now? <laughs> How's it going discussion. over there, Skyler? Aaron went back further. Wait. Now look whose ear is bleeding. I love this shot. It's so good. You can tell it's merged from a couple of shots, but it's so good. Right. This. So remember how he asked how many boxes do you think I made? And that's what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> Rats in the attic. Yep. I love this shot coming up. I'm surprised the bowl wasn't broken, but I'm pretty sure that was his mom's bowl. So he didn't <laughs> want to break it. <laughs> Sorry, mom, I broke the bowl last night. It was it was for realism. So the narrator is Skylar. The second time. So, which Aaron is this? I got a schedule. I think it's the uh, very, very, very first one. But is I it might be wrong. I is know. it three? Is it four? How many are there? I'm thinking that first. Aaron, the first time he went through there and he got, you know, kind of banged up from it. It's uh, interesting because now Abe's a part of it. Yep.
<laughs> his boyfriend. <laughs> so he's setting it up. Sets the whole thing up. So apparently when they filmed this scene the the audio sucked. So that's actually Shane Carruth's brother voice, not the guy, <laughs> not the actor's <laughs> voice. See? Symmetry. Yeah. <laughs> Big reunion. That should be fun. Not even joking. Aaron sets up the whole fucking thing. But that's what's interesting about this. Yeah. How long is he been manipulating stuff? How many different versions? Look how barren that garage is. I know. I'll take care of tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <sighs> so this is the interesting thing. Like, why is he so obsessed with this moment? Does this Aaron already know about what happened to her? Is this the Aaron that told Thomas Granger? Probably. So I feel like this Aaron knows way more than he's letting on. Which is why he wants it more. I I do feel like this first several times, Rachel's dead as fuck. So many details. And there's the question. Because you're not normal people anymore. Why is he so stuck on Rachel? That's I kind of, I kind of have a feeling that it's like uh, Kayla and myself, you know, stuff like that. People just stay in your life. History that repeats itself. Yeah. Guess what today is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's your friend's Robert's birthday. I love. I love how the garage has already been abandoned. It's only been a couple of days. Or it's only been, yeah. When it was my turn. I love that. When it was my turn. The last revision. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Now Abe is the one wearing the uh, recorder. 
as well. This is like Groundhog Day almost. <laughs> I've decided to believe. If it was only one more. Yeah. <laughs> God. Now this is interesting. How long has he known that it's been unlocked? How many times? well and i like that this isn't even actually what happened this is what this aaron believes happened yeah based at at least aaron three yeah based on what he would have thought he would have done (laughs) (laughs) there it is the mundanity of it all. Mm-hmm. There's Abe pondering it all. Is this the airport? Yes. <laughs> Fuck off, Aaron. Yep. <laughs> it's. Cosmonaut training grounds. Hey, Skylar, do you remember some rats? Mm -hmm. Birds. (laughs) Those are very large rats and birds. I love that guilt. <laughs> oh, it's so dark. Fucking hell. Any of them. I always like those ideas of like, well, what happened to the people in that timeline? You know, they're still doing that in that timeline. But we're all doing this now in this timeline, you know. And then the coup de gras. <laughs> so the question is, 
Is he telling the Aaron that didn't get in the box? Or Abe. Yep. Everywhere. <laughs> and that was primer, ladies and gentlemen. I think we got sucked in the last like ten minutes. I'm, I'm not even talk. joking there, yeah. but I, I do love that writer, director, producer, Shane Carruth. Yeah, I love the moment where he has like seven credits to his name here in a minute. I mean, nothing yeah. about this is as gaudy as. Um, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he literally made the whole movie on his laptop or on his computer. But I mean, it it's kind of the. We've mentioned Tommy Wiseau a couple of times. It's very <laughs> interesting that this is what comes out of a capable person, Chip Carruth, Thomas Granger. Yeah. So it's just um, all original music, casting, production design, yeah, sound design, and editing, editing by, by Shane, Shane Carruth. Carruth. Well, I mean, I, all I food give, provided by Chip and Kathy Carruth. Yeah. I give Tommy, Tommy Wiseau credit for doing everything almost all by himself. Yeah, and apparently for having all the money to, which he doesn't really explain that much on how he got it, besides selling foreign-made coats and stuff like that. Uh, right, or <laughs> it was all a front for mobsters. Well, yeah. that whole movie made me think everyone was on like cocaine, massive amounts of cocaine. Well, there's it, it, it just felt like a weird. There's a documentary coming out that Tommy Wiseau is not very happy about. Oh, the one with Franco? No, no, that's not a documentary. That's a full movie. Oh, that's a biopic kind of thing? Yeah. The Disaster Artist, which is now being released by A24 Hmm. in December. Primer. I can appreciate short credits like that. (laughs) Yeah, especially after you've sit through a Marvel film with 15 minutes of credits. (sighs) Yeah. So, uh, afterthoughts about watching Primer... Um, I don't know who to start with here. Let, let's go with Nathan. Give Skylar a minute to compose his <laughs> thoughts. I think the thing that's fascinating is every time it's like, at what point do you believe everything you're seeing? And what point do you not believe what you're seeing? Like, it becomes a very unclear line. See, for me, the thing is, how many timelines are there? There could be 30 or 40. There could be six. I, I th- I'm trying to remember because the the graph that I looked up I think was eight or nine. I've I've seen six. I've seen nine. Yeah. I've seen, I think twelve. I mean, it, really, you could go further because the thing is, is the fact that he doesn't have the earbud at certain points. At certain points, the fact that Abe has the earbud. Right. How many time have they done it? Um, how many times has Abe gone to the top of that roof trying to fix what Aaron keeps screwing up? Right. Because he keeps trusting Aaron. Why would he keep trusting Aaron? You asked me who the narrator was. Right. Uh, Abe. In part. Because it says that it was the Aaron that left. He outright says that it was like and it was the Aaron I that left. came the second time. Yeah, the second time. The second so this Aaron. this is Aaron three. Yeah. Well, I, I can make it real easy for myself. I don't believe it from the start now, because <laughs> where we're introduced that that could be 
who knows what version of the well crew. and also that's the other thing this is entirely from that character's perspective right so all of the build-up all of the introduction all of the layout all of the first time you see stuff is all his memory of it right so the, the that, failsafe had obviously been used previously yeah to the narration right like it, it, it before the movie has started, right, right, the character that introduces us to the world is clearly already been through the whole th- process. Well, it's interesting the 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 uh, way they went about making the machine. If they were already time traveling right from the opening of the movie, you know they're trying to get it precisely well, correct going through each step building that device that machine well what i what i mean is the fact that like this has already happened and we're getting it from only one of the aaron's point of view you know we're not even getting it from like aaron one and aaron one or aaron two we're getting it from aaron three or aaron four i mean they could have made it easy like you know Oh no, that that on your hand or something weird like that. I mean, that honestly, that's the reason why I like this movie so much. Is that it? Like the best way I know how to describe this is my disdain for Doctor Who. Is that for Doctor Who, time is a wibbly wimey, timey wimey thing. Yeah, there is no causality to it. It's more of a you know subjective. It's a fairy tale. It is, and for this movie. You know, I would say this movie against pretty much every other time travel movie I have ever seen. It's probably one of the most hard science fiction yes, time it, travel movies of it, all time. It situates you in that world and goes, okay, we're going to do mid-cap stocks. We're taking ourselves out of the equation. If we are going to put ourselves into the equation, we're going to do it so we can take our other selves out of the equation. Yeah. The whole point is that they erase themselves in redoing the day. Yep. That they get in the box, and then that person ceases to be. Yep. Like they turn on the box and go to work, and then they go into the box, reset themselves. Well, they go. They go in the box. They go to the hotel. Right. Well, I'm saying they turn on the box, yeah. go to work. No, they turn on the box. They go to the hotel. Okay. They take themselves out of the day. Right. And then, then they, they go back. Then they get in the box. Then it's six hours and pass. Then they go back to the apartment. Right. They go to Abe's apartment and they work on stocks. So, and that and that's the thing is that it takes themselves out of the loop. It is a complete causal loop. They do not deal with causality except for when they break it. Yeah. And they skirt around the issue of okay, he you know, Granger had a full grown beard today, but at six o'clock he was clean shaven. And then they call the right. house and they talk to him. Right. And that anytime they approach him, um, it makes him completely vegetative. Yeah. Because it does something to the loop. Right. So it tries to keep itself as narrow-minded as possible, but as technical as it possibly can be. I love the A-B-A-B-A-B loop. Yeah. And if you come out on the wrong side of the loop, what happens? Right. My, as I said, my big question, especially with the ending there, is the one-time, like, it's obviously not one-time use again. They're it, recyclable. And he, and he shows that he recycles it. Because he, how, he created his own fail-safe box. Right, but how far back does he go? 
And that's always been my question is if whether or not you can actually add an extra box on top of the fail safe to go back further like you were. See, and I don't think you can because if you because it's always about the moment you turn on the box. Right. But if you already have a box turned on and you throw it into a fail safe box. But you can't keep, you have to disassemble the box. But it shows him reassembling it. But that's after he got out of the fail safe. So you know that that's and that could definitely be it i just i'm not sure especially with the ending being and them and being in an airport hangar yeah well and he does say every square meter well and he everywhere. does yeah well but he does say uh the interesting part about that is he does say oh because it won't go back far enough he does say that to abe in that airport scene right so maybe, but it makes me wonder if Aaron has figured out how to make it go back further. Yeah, but Abe has not. And how oh, many, there's definitely some. How many times? Not how cool. far has he gone back? How far has he affected? Well, the loop. Aaron's character was already kind of becoming, you know, possessive of it, not yeah. wanting his other two partners involved. And well, I mean, it, you 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 could even see that. Wi- as I said, that's why I pointed out the Aaron coming out after Abe. Is that Aaron was wanting to break the rules immediately? What may have been, which was probably his first time back. That's probably what we saw there. Yeah. Because there is no way he wouldn't have trusted the rules a second time whenever he got so completely kicked the shit out of that first time. Poor Abe. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the main issue with it is Abe. Figures Abe figures it out first, and then completely gets fucked over by Aaron. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not. Th- I'm not really left with a whole lot of questions about it. Um. Well, you kind of. the info dump during it. So. I, well, I was following along. The only thing is, if I really wanted to try and narrow it down, I could make my own kind of chart. But yeah, yeah. The, the, oh. And that seems fun and interesting to do, yeah. but so many people have done it already. You know. Well, but at the same time, even like I'm watching it this time, and because I've looked at other charts and I've listened to other analysis and stuff, I'm like, oh no, I can. You can read this totally differently. Right, right. Like yeah, you don't have to read it the way to it. it. You, they're reading it in a very. A lot of them read it as like what is shown in the film is what happened, but it's very clear that that narrator is unreliable because he went back in time to fuck sh- fuck with things, put his own self in the in the ceiling, went back through the box, fought with the current Aaron, yeah, but reali- fought with another version of himself. Yeah, fought with the next Aaron, and then realized. Oh no! This one wants it more because he's obviously come back again. Yeah. And as I said, my big question is how many times has Rachel died? Yeah. Or somebody else? Yeah. How I many mean, times? I th- I think how many Rachel times has something main- gone wrong that 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 Aaron has used the failsafe box? Right. How many times has he had to reset this, reset it up so that it could turn out the way he wanted to? Because, I mean, if you're paying attention, right before they find Granger with the whole missing cat situation, he has pulled it off successfully. Make no mistake. Yeah. He's, he punched the guy out, but something went wrong. No, with that time, he actually made it. He made it through completely successfully. Yeah. It's the fact that Abe uses the failsafe box to go back to try and reset everything. And then Aaron has to then reset it again. Get everything back up to par so that he can be 
So how many more times? So how many times take? happened beforehand <laughs> yeah. before Abe used the box to go back, but Aaron had obviously used the failsafe beforehand, recorded all the conversations, given them to himself, used the failsafe again. Yeah. Well, without trying to figure out all that kind of detail. Um, <laughs> it, the, the way I picture it in my head, that makes sense to me. Okay, it's like a Word document, and then you save that to a file, and then you save that file to another file. And it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. Kind of like if you, you know, you put a, say, you put your phone, face yourself in the mirror with your phone, and just goes back yeah. and forth. You know, it goes yeah. the almost imp- infinite. You the yeah, imp- yeah, illusion of infinite. And it, 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 you know, it's it's like the infinity symbol, I guess. You know, if you want to use some kind of weird. Oh, there's a cast and crew commentary track on this it. DVD. Um, you know, you're talking about the box here. Um, this is actually what I saw too. The very first time I ever heard of this was in a top list of like low budget movies that are really good. You yeah. know, like micro budget. Yeah. My yeah, like um, El Mariachi was one. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but this one was number one on the list. Yeah. One of the movies, recent micro budget movies. I don't know if anybody's seen. I still want to see it. Was a uh, Tangerine. That they shot it entirely. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, um, like they just modified iPhones and shot with that. Mm. So well, I was trying to think. There was another movie recently like that, that did too. that. <laughs> Wayne Coin has become such a joke. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I heard that there was another movie who had who had done that, but I wasn't. I actually think it's becoming more and more common because this the stuff to modify iPhones is so cheap now with the lens for 50 bucks you can buy a lens attachment and shoot HD video well that and we most of them are now doing 4K regardless yeah. like you can actually do 4K on an iPhone 4 it doesn't hold a lot but you can do 4K on it right well you know I work at a cell phone store now and it's yeah. one of those that like I try to tell people like hey an iPhone 6 is less powerful than a Note 2, and they're about to come up with the Note 8. So, like, if you're really wanting to shoot high... High definition video. Yeah, technically jump to an LG. They can take a 2 terabyte SD card. Wow. And they shoot 4K video. So, make your fucking film on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, then web cameras now, or even, like, rudimentary $1,000 cameras can shoot 4K video and... Right. I mean, we're getting to the point where <laughs> the the ability to make a high definition video at this point when he when he made primer, he had to do film stock tests and right. shoot stuff in different variable lighting so he could figure out which film was going to work best for what he was doing and what he had. To be fair on this uh, with the technology today, he probably could have made that for $500 thousand dollars well i think the five thousand is also like all the post-production that he went into right right i mean just all the time he spent I, and I, i'm adding all that yeah. stuff in there too um so you mentioned that he almost didn't finish the movie twice well i'm glad he finished it because it's <laughs> one of my favorites because he spent two years i understand in that post-production i mean that's incredible it is um you mentioned that shane caruth had a second video to his name Second movie, yeah, Upstream Color. What about it? I haven't. I still. I didn't have time to watch it. You son of a bitch. I said I was gonna try. 
Okay. So Upstream Color is weird as fuck. Now, there's a movie that was supposed to come out. He was supposed to make a movie called Atopiary that never... It got backing. It got budget. It fell apart. It fell apart. Because apparently the big thing is Shane Carruth wanted total control. He wanted to design the CGI. He wanted to have complete and utter control over uh, the filming process. And David Fincher got behind it. And who else got behind it? Uh, There was was someone else. I think Steven Soderbergh got behind it as well. I mean, I could... And they never got it made. See, so... It was going to be $20 million. Oh, wow. And this movie, Upstream Color, I think only $50,000 he made it for. So you haven't seen it? No. So it's super fucking weird. Well, I mean, have you watched? You've watched Primer, right? No, no, it's weirder. Yeah. Oh, I know, it, but it I'm has just... to. It has to deal with a, pi- a parasite that li- links these people between um, themselves and pigs that are led to slaughter while trying to repair the broken marriage between them. Interesting. So it's <laughs> definitely a weird thing. Um, it's also only good until June um, 7th, but if you can watch it on Netflix in the next couple of days, a man and a woman struggle to reassemble their wrecked lives after being abducted and hypnotized with material harvested from a flower. That almost sounds like um, Scanner Darkly, sort of. To well, me. well, Scanner Darkly is more about drug addiction. Drug addiction and... yeah. See, in this mind control, stuff yeah, like well, that. Sp- but specifically, drug addiction. This one, I and would say, identity w- with um, drug addiction. This one, I would say, is more along the lines of, oh, I don't know, because um, it uh, it it's more of a, uh, what's his name, the. You um, say that in a tone that Tree of Life. Oh. Oh, oh, Ter- oh Terrence um, Malick. Terrence it's Malick. very much more like a Terrence Malick kind of weird fucking film. <laughs> I can watch Terrence Malick all day. I like that kind of movie, that style. And I can kind of see it already, like, after... If yeah. people don't know what we're doing right now, Justin's showing a little bit of upstream color. And yeah, I, d- I just pulled it up on Netflix. It autoplays it yeah. instead of playing a trailer. But Well, d- it definitely has much more that kind of stream of consciousness editing that Terrence Malick has become kind of famous <laughs> and infamous for. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, edit down like eight hours worth of footage. Or 20 or 30 hours yeah. of footage down to a two-hour movie. I still want to see that um, eight-hour version of The Thin Red Line. I can dig that. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig that. So, um, all in all, Skyler, since this was your first time seeing it, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, of course, many more times viewing it, you know, I could probably get some more details down and understand it. But I would like to see that on my own and just kind of sit there and ponder it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. I can definitely see why people really love, like love it. Love it. Like get into it. Um, just some history. Probably the first movie that I ever watched that I really had to watch a lot to think about and get it was probably Akira. The animated version because 
apparently they just could not fit those comics into one two hour or something movie. So you know they had to chop and well, it wasn't even done. Like he wasn't yeah. even done with the narrative and when they made the movie. yeah, and you know of course the comics more fleshed out. But this was a yeah. You said what hour seventeen minutes or something like yeah, that. Apparently yeah, it does three not feel minutes. like it, it three doesn't minutes of cut out footage. Yeah, it doesn't feel. It, it, it is dense. It's one of those movies I would swear was a two-hour movie. And just I, I every single time I've ever watched it, I would watch it from beginning to end without stopping. And one day I was watching it on Netflix, paused it, and went, wait, this is only an hour and 17 <laughs> minutes? Would you like it if it was longer? Would you want it to be longer? If you think it's just fine the way it is? Honestly, I really enjoy it the way it is. The thing is, is it is so dense that it feels like it's a two-hour movie. Like, I can't imagine anything else being added to it that would, sl- and like... Well, it's also so satisfying as a story. Right. It, it hits all the beats for how short it is. It pull, it gives you all the story it has to give. Well, it's, it, it's good, Ryan. It ends well, I thought. You know, I mean, it's kind of vague. There's some stuff you think about at the end, you know, kind of interpret it the way you want, which I, I don't mind that. It doesn't feel like a cop-out kind of ending like a lot of stuff does. It doesn't lead to weird sequelitis or anything like that. Well, um, even though there is almost a <laughs> teaser for a sequel with the way it ends. I don't need a sequel for it now. Though. Oh, no, no. I, I don't think it was ever planned. Nor do I need a Hollywood remake. <laughs> I would like It'll happen it. eventually. Or a foreign version would be kind of neat. Maybe. I mean, I would, s- I would Japan, say, I don't know. I don't know. That that's part of the reason why I have such an issue with Looper. I mean, the biggest issue with Looper is that it changes its focus two thirds of the way through. But my Lots issue, of movies uh, do uh, that. N- well, yes, but when you have Ryan Johnson and Shane Carruth working together, now you can see why. Whenever I think about that and thinking, okay, cool. We have Ryan Johnson, who is one of the most visionary filmmakers that we have in the you know in the past decade and a half, combining with one of those most smart directors that we have, most and smart. especially when dealing with time travel, coming together on a time travel action um, movie featuring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. There you go. <laughs> This is going to be fucking amazing. Like, everybody's now going to get to see how awesome Shane Carruth and Ryan Johnson are and then kind of come together and go, okay, it was it was passable. Like, it was it was decent. It's no... It's, it's a good movie. He's, it, it's, he's fine. it's no Brick or Brothers Bloom, but it's still better than most movies. I love Brick. That's the only Shane I think the, I think I've the big problem you're running into is Ryan, like... Ryan Johnson, I mean. Brick was a small, low-budget film made for... Very little money. Oh yeah, completely imagined out. It's a great movie, man. I love that movie. Brothers Bloom is an imitation of Wes Anderson. Of, no, of Peter Bogdanovich. It's very Wes Anderson. He though. said directly in all of the interviews. And that, that's fine. But it's, it's complete. Very... Well, the thing is, is Wes Anderson is also ripping off Peter Bogdanovich. Too, okay. So. Um, there's a lot of '70s filmmakers that. that he, there's a lot of Louis Bunuel in Wes Anderson. There's a lot of French New Wave in Wes Anderson. Do you, Do you know who, who the actress was that played Bang Bang? Uh, not off the top of my head. Rico Kikuchi. Hmm. Oh yeah, and she's from Pacific Rim. Yeah. Which for me, as soon as I learned that, I went. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so happy. I liked her in um, what was the movie in Babel? That was a good movie. She was in. 
Babel. That was a good move. You were such an underseller. Her scenes in Babel uh, were actually my favorite parts of that whole um, entire movie. She was also in... What that was that movie is not very... As far as the Inaritu movies, that's not a pretty widely liked one. What What's the um, one that's based off of Fargo? Oh, um, where she, um, the the one where she like travels to America to like look for that suitcase of money. Is that right, 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 right. That's I I, I forgot the name of it, but it's like Kikuchi no or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, like her journey, somebody's journey. I don't know. <laughs> Kikuchi. <laughs> um, we're we're just continuing to babble, apparently. So, I guess that'll be it for our primer discussion. Uh, Skylar, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I, I've just been getting a lot of music reviews published on punknews.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoy doing it. I did a review for Pop Errors by Chainsaw Kittens, and the people who released that on vinyl actually got on that site and gave me a shout-out, which is pretty nice, you know, um, because everybody else who writes comments on that site usually just talk trash the whole time. But it's the same, like, 10 or 15 people I think that's all that's on the side are like the same <laughs> people. All talking <laughs> trash. Old punk rockers, you know. Anyway, that's about it. Nathan? Um, you can mostly just find me on Twitter. Nate Wad. Um, sometimes. Is it Nate Wad or Nate, twa- Nate Wad Neutron? That's the Tumblr. I keep screwing it up. I keep flipping it. Okay. If you search Nate Wad Neutron, it's going to come up. So. No, that's good. So, yeah. But uh, well, that's that's about the only place you can find me on the internet right now. Okay. So, uh, Justin, just just tell everybody about it. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going to go into the full litany, but I, you can find me at justindheard.net, justindheard.com, justinheard.com, justinheard.net. Really, all I'm doing now is I'm on um, dubious consumption on YouTube. Mostly doing analysis videos. I am working on a um, Stephen King's It 2017, 1990, and the original novel video right now. Are you going to get that out before the uh, remake? Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, the I'll remake ha- doesn't come until like September. September. Oh, I thought that was like a summer film. No, it comes out September oh, 8th. Okay. I'll get that out in the next week or so. And then. Um, I'm honestly thinking about doing um, my ne- the next dubious consumption video about primer. We'll see how that one goes. I've got a few uh, things going with a few different people. So yeah, uh, hold, we've got some projects in the works. They just take research right now. <laughs> just ju- just a little bit. So uh, thanks for listening to episode fifty. The primer commentary. So, uh, Nathan, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I guess I need to watch Upstream's Color before it goes off Netflix. Not even joking.
Welcome to the Dubious Ah Welcome to the Dubious Consumers Podcast for the week of what the fuck day is this? <laughs> <laughs> 